This episode contains sensitive topics. Discretion is advised. Welcome, everybody, to Lusty Lounge. Today's hosts, I am Puce. Uh, with me today, we also have Minka. Hi. As well as Alt. Hello. And we even have a special guest today. Beetlebomb, would you like to introduce yourself? Everyone. I'm Beetlebomb. That was a fantastic introduction, <laughs> Beetlebomb. I can give a background as well, if you like. Yeah, just a short little introduction to let our audience know who you are. Sure. Um, I am the owner and founder of uh, many breast expansion and, and growth communities, including uh, the uh, subreddit, uh, Our Breast Expansion, as well as the official Breast Expansion Discord server. Um, I manage a lot of other communities as well, but I've been a part of this fetish group for nearly 15 years. And um, I've only recently uh, changed it into my full-time job. Oh, wow. I used to be Congrats. a uh, software engineer. So, Yeah, congratulations. Thank you. Wait, what? I thought, wait... <laughs> Because he is also an artist. Because I I am recently uh, jobless. How, what what does a software engineer make? Cause like I thought they made like money money. Um, we do pretty well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I I have a, a degree in computer science. Um, and yeah, so I did programming and back end and front end uh, software work for about half a decade. And then um, when COVID hit, I picked up 3D artwork as a hobby with the extra time that I had at home. And uh, I started sharing it on DeviantArt, uh, and it quickly picked up some traction. And uh, for fun, I decided to open up a Patreon no more than two weeks after I started the hobby. And... Um, people really liked it. They were familiar with my name um, from, you know, 10 years past. Um, also from the communities that I mentioned. And yeah, so they rec they recognized my, my name as being a, a helper for these other 3D artists way back in the day on a website called uh, BE Archive and uh, Giantess City and stuff. Oh man, that throws me back. Uh, process productions. There's tons of these little forums all throughout the internet. But yeah, they 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 saw some super old stories and they're like, "Are you the same Beetle Bomb?" I'm like, "Yeah, I am." <laughs> Please don't don't pull that old stuff up. It's terrible. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was nice to see that uh, there were familiar faces out there. And yeah, before you knew it, I was like, I think it was um, I started in October of 2020 this hobby and then by may 2021 i made the decision to quit my software engineering job and do this full time and uh that's been my life ever since nice awesome all right so uh beetle i've been part of your community for quite a few years now at the very least um and only had recently started uh, messaging you. Um, so I only know knew you at, from breast expansion stuff. And then I started seeing your art, and I was like, wow, this guy's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. So my first question really is, 
What got you into Breast Expansion? That's an interesting question. Um, I'm of the belief that Breast Expansion is partially hereditary or ingrained in people because of uh, the process that women go through for pregnancy. You know, the, since when they're pregnant, they get uh, their breasts tend to grow a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I think, um, I, I don't know if there's an official term for it, but people that s- seem to refer to uh, size as, as an attraction, um, my imagination simply took a concept of, you know, when I first hit puberty, I was thinking, oh, wow, this, this girl is really pretty. How would she look even prettier? And that concept I kind of ran with. Um, and, you know, of course, growing up and hugging women and, and stuff like that, I just had a fixation for breasts, I guess. But, um, you know, a lot of people do. I think that there's a lot of symbolism in breasts as well. But, um, you know, if you were to ask me five, ten years ago that I would be doing this now, I would have thought you were crazy. So... But it's amazing how things uh, unfold. So are you more into, like, final size? Like, the bigger, the better they end up? Or are you more like myself, where about that the growth phase? Well, um, it really depends on the day. But I would say, on average, I, I really enjoy the process. Um, that's why I've been a story writer for over a decade now. Um, that's how I actually got started. I, I wrote a lot of stories and I only recently made that into 3d and then even more recently, um, I've done a few blender animations for the, for the first time to kind of expand on that. <laughs> I, I, I do like the, the, the whole process of it. Uh, and what makes it even better is if there's a reason for it or, you know, as the years have gone by, you can't just simply see, you know, boobs grow and then you're like, oh, that's hot. Now it's like, why are they growing? And, it, you know, is it um, intentional or not? Or like, what's the mechanism? And uh, because I've got a lot of memories of amazing stories and ideas in my head, uh, you know, I, I think there's ways to make that breast expansion moment special. And yeah, it can be really fucking hot if they grow to these gigantic sizes, but that's on particularly horny days only, if you ask me. Very, very true. <laughs> I was just going to say, um, so like just just to kind of ward off any potential um, negative comments that might come, like I, I know you said like when you were young, like you were like, oh, that girl's pretty. What can make her prettier? Um, and like, obviously you were a kid, like, you know, so everybody's like hormones are running through and everything, but like, do you, uh, and again, like, I'm, I want you to know that like, there's no judgment here, um, because like what people are into is what they're into, but do you like have any attraction to women with small boobs or is like, are boobs such a big part that you're like, no, I'm only into women if they have big boobs. Um, there's other aspects of women that I find attractive, of course. And as cheesy as it sounds, uh, personality is very important. And the first few women I dated in my life, uh, they all had 
very small breasts. So, um, but if you're thinking in terms of like a, a primal attraction, you know, something that really is just, you have no control over and it, it comes from your very core, I, I would put breasts in that category. Like if I, as, as a guy getting turned on, you know, that if I see big breasts, then that's, that's the reaction I get. Okay. So, so you, you are able to like separate the, like, this is the, the fantasy, the fetish. This is what like I'm horny for versus like, oh, this is an actual person. And like, I'm attracted to them for different reasons. I would say yes, but it is over the years getting increasingly difficult as I dive myself and my my emotions into this artwork more and more. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like I know what I want, you know, and and it's um, it's a little sad to know that you know reality is uh, further and further away from it. That that's fair. I was like, I'm I'm one of those people who's all here for like full augmentation future and stuff. So it's like. I, I really wish we could hit that point where it's like you could just make bodies be whatever you wanted to be. Oh, yeah, that would be a dream come true. A lot of people would be happy. There'd be a lot of cat girls. There would be a lot. Elon Musk would be happy. <laughs> Definitely helps when you have a partner who's uh, at the very least willing to talk about and explore those sides of the, your life. Yeah, definitely. Personally, I've experienced that. I uh, unfortunately have not had the pleasure to share that with an intimate partner before, but that's only because the opportunity hasn't really uh, arisen. But if um, if it had, I probably wouldn't hesitate. I, I'm, I, a, I'm of the firm belief that you shouldn't hold secrets. Yeah, I, I hope it does happen for you. It's like everyone deserves happiness. Thank you. This isn't really a thing for me. Like, I get it. It's cool. It is not my go-to. It's like third or fourth rung down on the ladder because I, I do have like a limit on how big uh boobs can be before I'm just like huh all right then so like what what is your limit like where where, where are you just like uh nah not this not today it's honestly a difficult question because I can look at very large breasts am I allowed to name like actresses and stuff sure I am. Okay. I mean, so, as long as they're public, I feel like it should be fine. Cool. But I, I don't know if you know who Leanne Crow is. Yeah. Um, but so she, she has very large breasts, but they don't, I'm not attracted to them. And I would say the reason for that is the shape. It's just like a pure spherical shaped breasts and they, they, they don't do anything for me. But if, if you kind of get that natural teardrop shape, there's a certain breasts can be fat too, you know, and if they're heavy and dense and they, they don't have that give there's, they just, they're not as attractive to me, you know? So when it comes to just pure size, it, it really isn't um, something I take into consideration. It, it's mainly, how large can I make them while still maintaining all these attributes that I like? Um, and I would say the the largest I've been able to do in my artwork while maintaining those uh, traits are probably like down to their knees if they're standing <laughs> upright, something like that. Uh, um, so you're not a planet-sized 
uh, crusher, boob crusher person. No, I'm not, unfortunately. And the, and the same applies to my giantess uh, side of the fetish, too. I, I'm pretty evenly split between my interests in GTS, which is giantess, and uh, BE. Um, but I, I do lean more towards BE. Um, yeah, but I, I don't do like the mega giantess stuff. I like anywhere from like six feet to maybe 12 feet maximum. That so it's in the category of mini GTS. Yeah, I'd fall in that category too. I, I definitely get what you're saying though, because like that is one of the nice things about like the 3D stuff is it's they as the breasts get larger, they do keep that that same look because yeah, you look at a lot of the people in the world who have giant boobs and like have had boob jobs and stuff, and like a lot of times when they hit a certain point, like you can see the skin gets kind of thinner, it gets kind of veiny, and like, yeah, the shape just tends to to not be super natural. So I, I definitely get what you're saying there. Yeah, there there are definitely unicorns in the world. Yeah, you're right. You know, where where they uh these girls legitimately are blessed with genetics and uh mm-hmm. you know, it's not like they have macromastia, which is you know the medical condition where where your breasts grow larger than intended, but these girls le- legitimately have the DNA to to have very large breasts, and then their skin doesn't stretch, um, and their areolas aren't stretched either. Um, and you know, I consider them unicorns because they're so incredibly rare, but they're out there. Yeah. Oh, mentioning giantess, that brings me into my next question. Do you what are what other kinks and fetishes do you have outside of uh breast expansion? Um well as I mentioned uh I would say growth which is kind of an ambiguous category but it's essentially height growth. Um I'm into the topic of role reversal when it's encased in a story. Um maybe like a an innocent female protagonist and kind of a domineering male protagonist as well. Um, and their roles kind of change over time. If you've ever seen any of my work, uh, like just a little more, Jacob and the Raven's Kiss, all of this stuff is, it, it usually intertwines a role reversal in some kind. Um, I do like... Uh, a girl who, as she becomes more beautiful or busty or taller, that she gains confidence as well. Um, so I think confidence is is very sexy. Um, for the past two years, maybe three years, I've been collaborating with a super awesome and popular writer uh, by the name of Joyce Julep. And uh, she writes mainly... Uh, giantess stories, but she is not afraid to do a ton of breast expansion. Um, and so I've been uh, commissioning her to write a story that I've had in my mind for forever, um, but I haven't had the time to do it. Um, we started the story back when I was still a software engineer and uh, barely had time to eat dinner. <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, that's on her Patreon, and we've posted like the first 20 chapters. There's 25 chapters at the moment on uh, the Giantess City forums. And uh, that story has uh, something that I like to call intellect expansion, uh, where it's extremely rare. I've only ever seen it from writers like Mark New, 
uh, Wakad and Hunter S. Creek. I know I'm shooting out all these names that you guys may not know, but for the viewers, they, they may want to look up those names. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it's essentially where maybe there's like a reality changing machine and uh, these girls slowly become smarter as a means to it. And it, it, it just plays into the role reversal and the confidence and the 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 kind of I don't want to say domination, but it's close to that. The the assertiveness of the character. Um and it all is awesome. Always good to hear people got a variety of stuff to say. Yeah. Uh, Minka, were you about to say something? Sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say like that that's actually like kind of the opposite of like bimbofication and that's kind of awesome. Yeah, I like a smart woman. <laughs> IQ is hot. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so, as far as I know, you were the uh, founder of the official breast expansion uh, Reddit and Discord. Is that true, or were yes, there people that's... before you? Well, uh, the uh, BE subreddit was owned by a guy named Funkin Groovin for, I don't know, three to four years when Reddit first came out. He never spoke a single word. He was dead silent. I remember reaching out to him, and I managed to get his Discord account, and I would see him on World of Warcraft every day. Uh, but I would, I was not playing. I'm, I'm a big World of Warcraft fan back in the heyday. But um, I would message him and never get a response. And then one day, I found out that he had not logged into his Reddit account for seven months. So I sent a message to the, to the Reddit uh, admins saying like, hey, there's this dying community. Because it really was, it was shit. It was full of spam bots and had no content whatsoever. Pirated content, had all the, the worst that you can imagine. It was a dead community. Um, but I wanted the name, so I asked for it and they gave it to me. Wow. Um, since the guy had not logged in. Um, and at the time, no one had started uh, an official Breast Expansion Discord server. So I created that. So simultaneously, I kind of brought those two up together. But um, I've also been running uh, R Stacked, which is another subreddit. We've got over a million subscribers on there now. Um, I was also the creator and owner of R Morphs, which was recently taken down as Reddit updated their terms of use to not allow morphs anymore. Ooh, um, there's a ton of other small subreddits, but they, they don't really, I don't manage them as much as I do uh, these specific ones like uh, breast expansion. So like, could you like explain what goes into that? Cause I don't really, we have a Discord, not just let everyone else handle that, because I'm like, I'm at work for 12 hours, so uh, good luck, everyone. Have fun. <laughs> yeah, of course. I'd, I'd be happy to. Um, we spend uh, morning, days, and nights endlessly uh, managing that server. I, I think a lot of people don't realize the amount of blood, sweat, and tears that goes into managing a massive community uh, for years and years and years for free. I mean, there was no profit, all volunteers, um, and we're trying to keep a happy community. Um, a lot of drama, a lot of 
arguing between the staff. But in that time, I've also developed enemies, people that hate me to their very core. Um, and I can't for the life of the, life of it figure out why their friend got banned or they got banned and they feel it was unjustified. And so I'm now the devil kind of thing. Um, but you, you got to be the most mature person that you can be and kind of just turn the other cheek and, you know, offer a resolution, which I've done many times and has been declined. Um, but yeah, a lot of work goes into it. I, I, now that I'm doing 3D artwork, I'm actually, I have less time than I did as a software engineer because I would commute home and um, that was my, my time. And also the weekends were my time where I could relax and do whatever I wanted to do. And that's how I picked up 3D. But now um, I'm my own boss and I'm managing a Patreon and a Gumroad and I'm self-advertising and I'm managing all these communities, um, self-promoting as well. Uh, and so I don't have as much time to manage the communities uh, directly. So as a result, I've expanded uh, my moderation and admin team. Uh, we've tripled in size since then, and uh, they're doing great. We've got a hierarchy where people report to other people at different levels, and um, I browse through the section as much as I can and try to keep people happy. Okay. Customer service. <laughs> yeah. It's essentially yeah. just a glorified customer service for uh, internet porn. <laughs> Man, that was a sentence. So beetle, uh, next question I add up, how long has the Reddit and discord been around? Oh, wow. Uh, I might be very wrong on these estimates, uh, fair warning. <laughs> but I want to say the subreddit has been up for about 10 years now, maybe just under that. Um, and I know the Discord has been up for seven, maybe seven-ish. And when I say 10 for the subreddit, that's when Funky, Funk and Groovin still had it. Okay. But yeah. Ho hold on. Seven years on Discord? Yeah, about six or seven, I would say. Oh, so y'all got in when Discord was first starting because I got my uh, notification that Discord turned seven. I was like, what? Yeah, so it's probably like six six years and five months or something. Oh, my yeah. God. Because we were uh, the staff. We've got a bunch of hidden channels where we log activity and stuff. Uh, everyone's required to take screenshots and... Um, you know, everyone's accountable for their actions. So, um, but we were scrolling through some of the oldest posts and, um, I remember one of my moderators were saying, Oh my God, this is from six years ago. I didn't know the server was this old. <laughs> um, and we actually, the server got hacked like three or four years ago. I don't know if you guys know that the discord server, um, someone took over one of our bots and as a result started deleting all the channels and, mm. and, uh, and stuff but we managed to keep all the hidden channels still alive and so that's how we have a log of its creation um but yeah i think at at our peak we had like thirty-five thousand members on the discord server oh my I think god now we have like uh we're up to like eleven thousand again from zero so um 
but I mean, it's it's an active community. BE has become quite mainstream now. I'm super happy about that. We got a lot of people coming in asking questions, and there's a lot of real life BE uh, content creators now that I'm friends with, and they're super nice. Um, I couldn't be happier. Everything that I dreamed of 10 years ago is coming true. So I want to say some shit, but I can't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, you're good. I was like, Give me, uh, are you friends with Mads? Uh, yeah, she and I talk. I was going to say, get me one of those shirts. I want one so bad, but I just got to wait, <laughs> be patient, see who gets one from the contest. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of awesome content creators out there. I um, there's a, a few of them that are clearly out there for uh profit. Yeah, you know, like they they don't try to communicate and 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 talk with us. But Mad is not one of those. She she's always in the lounge chatting up, and she's awesome. I was gonna say for somebody who like creates so much content and like variety, she is active everywhere. Good, that's a good thing. Yeah. Bro. She's probably the the most social person with uh with all the communities that I know of. So, all right, Pius, get to work. Just have her have her slide through. Hey, I'm working on that one. That one after her Twitter got deleted, that kind of went up in there for a hot minute. But yeah, I figured I'd give her a moment now that her Twitter's back to figure everything out again. I don't know if she wants to publicize it, but there's you know there's a lot of drama in the background that everyone has to deal with. Um, it's not exclusive to her or me, um, but there's a lot of bad apples too. They try to steal stuff, and and so she might have some interesting stories to share on the Lusty Lounge. That'd be nice. Yeah, I had I had actually messaged her a couple weeks ago, uh, just before her Twitter got deleted, and she was up open to it. And then her Twitter got deleted, and she had oh, to yeah. reel back and kind of fix all that before wanting to do an interview. Are you guys uh, familiar with SizeCon? No, a little bit. It's a physical meeting place where people that like size-related fetishes, uh, they kind of congregate there and they all sweat and nerd over things. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, because of COVID, their most recent SizeCon uh, was virtual. And um, I was a pan panelist on there along with a bunch of uh, friends. And uh, Mads was in the audience helping keep the the questions rolling it was really cool it's awesome always awesome to see the community working together where is SizeCon? i think it's uh on the east coast but i, I could be wrong i remember looking it up once and, and realizing that i would have to uh, take a plane to get there i'm on the west coast so yeah for some reason i want to say carolina or florida all right, Pews, you and me are going to fly out one day. <laughs> Maybe you can come too, but that's a much longer flight for you. Not if it's in California. Fair. Uh, we'll fact check it at some point. Beetle, speaking on like the community and stuff, is there any like interesting stories you've had over the years of having to host all this that you've, you'd like to share? Uh, regarding the communities? Um... Whether it be drama or just oh man, I don't weird know if... commissions you've had to do or stuff like that. It probably wouldn't be um, polite of me to to raise a lot of the drama up that, that has happened. Probably the healthiest thing a community can do is look past drama. So 
Um, we, we've had a lot of it, but I probably won't publicize it. But uh, interesting stuff I, I, I could definitely talk about. Um, so I, I do accept commissions. Um, I tell everyone that my commission slots are full because they pretty much are. Uh, I do three active comics um, per long animation that I make. I usually make a story that's about 300 panels long with enough text to fill up, you know, like half a book, I feel like. Um, and so I'm constantly working, but uh, every once in a while, someone will reach out to me and say, hey, Beetle, I've got this uh, this really great idea, and I've been looking for someone to do it, and I just saw this panel, and it looks like just what I imagined. Can you do this and this and this? Um, and I've gotten some pretty... <laughs> ridiculous uh, <laughs> suggestions. I mean, people are into the, some of the most wild stuff. Uh, so I won't plug any names, but uh, I've been asked to do like uh, like five five dick Fudanari characters, or like farting fat growth. Um, my artist friends that I hang out with every single day in voice chat uh, for Discord. Uh, we we always laugh about uh, this thing called shit, shit nipples, and there's somebody that uh, created a gallery of the rarest, what I consider the rarest fetish, which is instead of lactating, they're shitting out of their nipples, and oh and so whenever we're talking about funny commissions or whatever. You know, we all say, is it a shit nipple? You know, is it a shit nipple request? <laughs> I personally haven't had it, but I've, you know, I've gotten pretty close to it. People wanting, like, uh, some pretty crazy graphic amputee stuff or a lot of gore. Um, I decline all of those. I, I don't actually do those. Um, but a lot of my commissions tend to push the boundaries of what I make further, and I, I end up becoming a better individual and, and artist as a result, because I wouldn't do it normally for myself, you know. Um, I, I've, I'm working on a couple active commissions right now that are actually long-term stories, and they're going to be pushing the characters to, like, 100 feet tall, taller than buildings, and breasts that fill up an entire room so i have to do a lot of sculpting and lighting that i normally would not have to do and it's interesting stuff so um when it when it comes to these like 3d models and stuff like are are there assets that you can grab to kind of start from or do you have to like i really don't know anything about the 3d modeling stuff so like or do you have to create them from scratch uh both so okay. um I always recommend to people who are starting up on 3D, if you can find the asset already made, use it as long as you know you have permission to do it um, because that'll save you time, especially if you're making it a, a business. Um, in my case, I, I, if I can't find exactly what I want, I'll go into Blender and I'll build it and texture it and everything. Um, 
And it's important to be able to do that for unique items. Like in a story, for example, if uh, your main antagonist evil person has a pendant or something and you want it to be in the shape of a black widow, right, with a ruby on it, you're not going to be able to find that out in the open world necessarily. And so having the, the skills to model and texture it and, and rig it is uh, important. But for the sake of time, if you're trying to push out comic panels, you know, six panels a day, and the characters are going to have a, a background filled with accessories and props and whatnot, you're, you're simply not going to have the time to, to do it all by yourself. So That makes sense. Um, do you do any sort of commissions or anything with, like, copyrighted characters, like the Overwatch characters, uh, Lara Croft, um, Resident Evil? Um I, I've dipped my toes into that for the very first time with my uh, Blender animations. Uh, okay. I'm not sure if you guys have seen them, but uh, I have them up on my Twitter page uh, completely free if anyone wants to see them. Um, I, honestly, I think I'm most well known for them now. Yeah, and it's uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, we got a voice actress... I collaborated with um, someone named Expandinator, who has be since become a wonderful friend. I talk to nearly every single day. Uh, he did the audio for me uh, for the second half of uh, this video sequence. And uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, this, uh, and I didn't mention it, but it's uh, Mercy from Overwatch. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, so she uh, the the uh, the premise is that she uh, finds this lotion that uh, helps her become a better healer because she's a healer in in the game, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and so in part one of the video, she's rubbing it over her breasts in a super tight bikini, and I just have her breasts sloshing around and slippery and everything as her fingers kind of glide all over her. Um, and then they like pulse larger and larger. And then in part two, her top actually snaps off and then they just keep growing and growing. It's my first step into, uh, into animation. And, um, right now my ratio is about 75% comics and 25% animations. And I want to be moving that more towards 50, 50, but it's very tough because my supporters, who are awesome, by the way, I could not ask for better supporters. They are the most passionate, kind people that I've ever met. They, um, they, they know me for my comics, and they follow me for my comics. Um, I recently did a poll uh, to figure out what people would want me to be focusing on, animations or comics. And the divide could not be bigger between my Twitter audience and my Patreon audience. People on Twitter, nearly 70% of them wanted me to focus exclusively on animations. But on, on Twitter, it was the opposite. So it really speaks volumes as to what platform, hmm. you know, people are consuming content on. Um, hmm. So I, th I think the healthy choice is somewhere in between. 
Like, do you ever, as you're making these things, I, I, I assume it's kind of like a behind the scenes movie making, like, obviously a lot of times like there's green screens and so people aren't like, oh yeah, I'm in Middle Earth. But like, when you're making these things, do you ever have issues with getting too turned on from what you're doing? And like, oh shit, I need a break. <laughs> uh, it has happened, but very, very rarely. Um, when I when I get that twinge when I'm like running through the um, the camera movements and I get a, get to catch a glimpse of what I'm making for the first time, uh, and it just clicks. Very rarely, maybe like I said, maybe only twice so far in my career has it been like, oh, this is going to be amazing. Um, but yeah, the, this animation was one of them. Where I was like, holy shit. Because <laughs> um, uh, I use um, a very special technology for the soft body physics. I, I don't believe it's used by any other creator other than the person I learned it from, which is Ogmero, um, where the breasts are about as realistic physics-wise as you can get. It's it's an amazing technology uh, that is used in Maya, and we've translated over to Blender. Um, and yeah, so I plan on using and abusing this this technology as much as I can for our fetish. You mean you don't use the dead or alive boob technology? <laughs> <laughs> the up and down springy. <laughs> yeah. The anime boob bounce. <laughs> uh, quick, quick tangent. Uh, do you think that could be applied to Cinema 4D and then re re inputted into Premiere? Um, that's a good question. I I've never used Cinema 4D, but um, I'm aware of a few artists that have physics in Cinema 4D. I don't know if it's built into it. Um, but if it can accept alembic files, then yes. Yeah, it's theoretically huh. you can get it to work. Because you could then just move all your video uh, editing into Premiere, and Premiere is not super hard. Just stupid and time-consuming and resource-intensive. Yeah, a part of me is thinking I might need to switch over to Maya permanently for a lot of my rendering. Um, but the first step would be moving my comics, which are being rendered in a software called Daz Studio, um, over to Blender where I have a lot more power um, and I can get way more realistic renders out of it. Um, so on the, on the topic of comics, um, cause it's, it's over the past couple of years, I've started to get into the 3d stuff for my, for my interests and everything. Cause they're finally like, you know, getting to a point where it's like, Oh yeah, no, they're not like clipping through each other and super static movement. But um, like, I've I've seen videos online where somebody will take a comic and basically have like clipped them all together to make it a video so you can watch it and read it. Um, is that something that you do or is that someone basically taking your work and uploading it or like taking someone else's work and uploading it? Is that something that should be avoided? Do you know? Um, a lot of those websites steal content, um, but I do make animated GIFs. Um, this was before I made actual animations. I would take the comic slides, and because I would pose them in such a way, I could kind of tween uh, between the pictures, and it would look like movement. And it's created some really cool uh, effects. So I, I did that for about a year, and I still do that 
as a part of my story building. Um, but yeah, I, I I would say if you're seeing it on like uh, any video website, chances are that's someone posting it illegally. Okay. Go to the source, people. Remember that audience. Find the Twitter, yeah. support your favorite artist, all that stuff. A lot of people don't realize that this is the lifeblood of the creators. By supporting the people that are making this content, you're able to have more of it be generated. I can't tell you how many amazingly talented artists uh, fail to to maintain their upkeep uh, because there's too many people pirating their work. Uh, I think oh, yeah. I think the person that is the most affected by it was an individual named Third Art, 3RD hyphen ART. And uh, he created amazing BE content in Maya like 10 years ago or something. Like he was the pioneer Jesus of Christ. pioneers. I was going to say, you're bringing up names from back in the day. Ooh. Yeah. And uh, this poor guy barely made $10 a month because it, everyone pirated his stuff. And But he, he's a genius. Um, so it's very painful because if people had a platform like Patreon or or because he had his own website at the time, um, maybe we'd be in a different place for him right now. Um, and I have personal friends who had to quit and say, hey, I got to go find a job. I can't keep doing this. It's not keeping a roof over my head. Um, and I know that I spend probably two days, like two full days worth of hours per month combating piracy and even then there's a lot of websites that are overseas that don't reach uh like by law i can't get them to shut them down and they they literally just spawn uh people to to be very uh, uh illegitimate that's what i was going to ask next is like do you have the power to be able to go after these like you know like x videos xnxx uh are heavy stuff like that but i guess that makes sense yeah if they're overseas and have different laws then they're just like nope we don't have those copyright laws here yeah exactly and and a lot of them are being hosted by larger websites that are also shady uh mm -hmm. and i've reached the i've reached out to not the website themselves which i i have done too but the hosts of those websites and they too will ignore messages and stuff because they don't want to lose their customers um, and it's a terrible thing, but, uh, to answer your question, I, I have been able to get a lot of things taken down. Uh, it's amazing what threatening, uh, a lawsuit can do. Um, but you have to be legitimate about it and have formal letters and, you know, stay on top of it and, you know, threaten legal action and, uh, get things moving. Uh, and also a lot of the, um, search engines are a lot easier to comply with. Um, so if you go on Bing or, or uh, Google, you can have the, the search terms dropped out as well. So, But uh, even visiting these websites, even if you don't do it very often, um, promotes their activities because they make most of their money through advertisement. So even if a banner just loads on the side, you're, you're kind of helping them. So avoiding it altogether is the healthiest thing to do for our community. We're still small by by comparison. Well, that That is excellent to know, and I will 
make sure I'm being more careful about that myself. Because I, I think there are, like you said, I think there are a lot of people who don't realize that, like, like you, this is this has become your job, you know, and like if if all of that gets stolen and just uploaded, like you are no longer able to make that money off of it, which means you are no longer to put no longer able to put the same amount of time into it. And then it just kind of stops being a thing. Right. I go from spending 12 to 15 hours a day working on this awesome content to spending maybe three hours uh, on weekends. It, and, and that's if I, I still care about doing it just for me, you know? Right. Um, and, and it's a shame because I, I know I don't want to give names because uh, they probably don't want it to be publicized. But I have friends that I talk to, artists, uh, on a daily basis. We have a large voice channel hangout on my Patreon server as well as the official Amazon server uh, where artists uh, kind of congregate. And uh, they have some very uh, sad, but also uplifting stories about this kind of stuff. And we all, we all want to be able to support you guys and keep you going because like, you know, we get off to it. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah. And the awesome thing is um, I would say 50% or more of the content that we generate ends up being free intentionally. Um, Hmm. For example, if you go to my DeviantArt page, uh, you'll see that I have full stories, thousands of panels. Um, I think I have literally a thousand uh, deviations uh, on my DeviantArt right now that are completely free. Um, and you can go through and see a bunch of stuff. But I'm not the only one. We've we've got hundreds and hundreds of amazing artists who are just pumping out incredible content to uh, enjoy. And it's only the 1%, it literally is, it comes out to about 1% of people who say, hey, I like your stuff enough that I'm gonna you know, join your Patreon for a little bit more. So it's the 99% of you that helps spread the word and enjoy the content and do it legally that really helps us. So, so Beetlebomb, if I uh, may ask about your profile picture here on Discord, is that okay? Yeah, of course. So is, am I correct in assuming that's Jill Valentine? Uh, that is incorrect. This is a ah. uh, character of mine named Skylar. Uh, she was first featured in a story called A Bittersweet Blessing, Chapter 4. Um, but she's in a, she's uh, a reference to a real-life person that I, I dare not mention, oh. <laughs> that I've, I found absolutely gorgeous on TikTok. Um, and uh, yeah, people fell in love with her. She's by far the most requested, commissioned character by by like a magnitude of 10 uh yeah i mean yeah just even just that little picture like she is fucking gorgeous <laughs> thank you yeah uh i want to circle back to that because i have commissioned a acquaintance can't quite call him a friend of his own character and i i didn't really i was just like character's cool i want to see him in this outfit but they were like super enthusiastic about it. Is are all artists like that, or it like when someone says, "I want you to make your own character," but with this, how, how does that translate? Not translate. How does that make you feel? Are artists passionate about their work? Is that your question? Um, th- how do you feel when someone? instead of like uh, a copyrighted character or their own character, they're like, I want you to draw your own character. 
Like, um, I, I will give you money to draw the thing you already like to draw. Yeah, I mean, I, I get both kinds of commissions. I get, hey, hey, your character in this story is awesome, but I want to see her in a specific, you know, scenario. And I also get, you know, hey, I have a OC, original character, uh, that I absolutely need to have in 3D. Um, and, and my commission prices uh, reflect that. So if I have to build them from scratch, um, I'm usually throwing a, a thousand questions at the commissioner uh, to make sure that I get it right. Because I don't want to spend all the time decorating them and making a unique expression, you know, cheekbones, hips, everything, right? Sculpting uh, the shape of the heel all the all these little details and then find out that they're like oh this is this is wrong she's supposed to be hispanic and not curvy or whatever right so uh i i i have fun when the creative process is not uh deviated too far from my personal tastes but i also tend to not accept uh commissions that are very far from my own interests so it it always works out got you okay like the shit nipples. Uh, oh exactly. God, don't, please, I, please I, don't I'll me. run to the hills if someone's like, hey, Beetle. <laughs> now the All question right, so is, could up. you be paid enough to do it? Uh, no. <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. Entries are important. Yeah. Um, Follow-up question, because this is going to tie into a future side episode. Sure. Have you... Has someone asked for a, a commission for a VTuber model? Yes. Damn. Wow. Okay. We, we've gotten to that point. All right. Yeah, actually, that, that does bring up a good question. Like, are, because most VTubers are very anime style, like, are, are there VTubers out there that are this more realistic 3D model? Uh, not that I know of. Uh, I declined that commission for that very reason. I, I okay. don't really do anime style, even though I would love to be able to. Um, I've kind of realized that my artistic uh, perspective is more towards realism. Would you be able to create like a full rig for a VTuber that was um, one of these more realistic things? Oh, yes, definitely. I wonder I wonder how that would go cuz like obviously there is that separation of like anime girls you know are like no human actually looks like an anime girl so I wonder if people would be like oh there well is, why um why are you project doing melody. this no not project melody now I'm forgetting her oh. name uh uh crap I know her name but I can't mm -hmm. it's on the tip of my tongue mm -hmm. she's she does interviews and she's got uh like her own oh. world she's built into. Uh, she's still fairly animated She just came looking. out with a new model. Oh, okay. I know. Her she became like super popular on Twitch for a minute there. Yeah, she's still around and does a lot of stuff, but obviously. But I, I do wonder what the reception would be to something like that, because people would be like, well, you're just basically being another human or whatever, instead of the like disconnect to the anime creature or human or monster or whatever because like i think like even again just looking at your profile pics what did you say your name was i'm sorry uh um, my my girl is uh skylar skylar so yeah like let's say you were like I, I i don't i doubt you would give skylar away to anybody but um if all of a sudden someone was just doing v 
tube stuff as Skylar, you know, it's like, would people react well to that? I would imagine so, because, I mean, it's, she's hot, so I imagine people would be like, yeah, I'm going to watch this hot Skylar animated girl play games, you know? I, yeah, but I it's don't. definitely a possibility, for sure. That's going to be fun in, like, five years when we get there. <laughs> I think right now... um uh, you know, I never want to stop developing my my skill assets, mm-hmm. and being uh, in this uh, kind of field for a little over a year now. I think it's like a year and five months. Uh, there's, I feel like there's so much I still need to learn, uh, and I, and I want to consume it all as fast as I can. But the direction I want to take things. I, I kind of had a fork in the road where I, I had a moment to decide where I wanted to go. And a lot of people were saying, well, why don't you do games? Some kind of like a visual novel game or even like a Unreal Engine or Unity uh, game that has to do with the, our fetish. And um, there was a time in my young adult life where that was my largest passion, where I was like, that's where I wanted to go, and I was confident about it and everything, but um, not so much nowadays. Um, so I'm I'm now leaning more towards, okay, how realistic can I really push the boundaries of uh, this fetish for animation? Uh, Hmm. Can I get like a cinema quality, movie quality uh, animation generated for our small community? Can I I be that person that provides that for the first time? Um, And so that would be a dream come true if I could obtain that. That's awesome. I want to say yes, if you're already kind of thinking about what you can do in Cinema 4D, because fuck that program. Um... And along with Maya, because I know Maya is used on a lot of uh, post-productions, and people just don't want to acknowledge it because 3D AutoCAD. But yeah, I think you could do it. Yeah, um, I've definitely seen people using the software that I have obtain what I want, for sure. There's some insanely talented people. Um, But yeah, the list of software that I use now for this job is pretty substantial. I hate to bring it back to the who I was talking about, but I found them. Code Miko. Okay. She has pink hair. Oh, okay. I know girl. who you're talking about. So when you made that jump from comics to animation, um, like how how substantial of a change was that? And like the with the system that you work with, Blender, um, like what are the tools there? Is it easy to make those animations and like facial changes do they have tools to where you can just kind of click and drag or do you have to literally like model every expression and everything so uh the transition from comics and animations was the hardest thing i had done yet i had to relearn pretty much everything and and the reason for that is because the quality of animations in the existing software that I used for comics, which was Daz Studio, uh, to me was inadequate. It didn't. It was not good enough for modern day animation quality that I was aiming for. And so I had to relearn everything in a new software. And even then, it wasn't just Blender, which I moved to. 
it was Blender and Maya on top of, uh, you know, Photoshop, Lightroom, Adobe Premiere Pro, tons of remeshing programs. I mean, the list goes on. So I had to, I had to kind of drop what I knew and start fresh again, even though I had just started the, the, uh, in this industry. So um, that was very tough. Um, and to answer your question regarding expressions and whatnot, if you have a pre-made character by another artist, chances are that it's already rigged. And what I mean by rigged is it's posable. You can grab a hand and move it and, and bend the fingers and everything works somewhat. You know, some artists aren't as <laughs> precise as others. So maybe there's some issues that you have to manually fix if you're picky, like me. Um, uh, but if you build it from scratch, uh, you also have to rig it from scratch. And that means setting up all the bones and how much the cheek moves when the mouth opens, how does the jaw bend, you know, and how do wow. the lips wrap around the teeth and, uh, you know, where do the wrinkles form when they smile and all of it. It's so much work. People don't realize the countless hours that goes into it. Um, and that's why, to wrap back around to your initial question, if you can get an, an asset already made, <laughs> you are saving yourself thousands and thousands of hours. So um, while there is a kind of a, uh, a badge of honor, a medal of honor to uh, build it yourself, it, it isn't always the wisest choice. I am honestly in awe. Like, I just people who can just draw regular art already are like demigods to me. And like, this is another level. <laughs> I I bow down to you, sir. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I I am uh, the, probably the worst two uh, D artist you you'll ever see. I can't draw, let alone write my name uh, clearly. So. Same. Uh, I, I'm a. I would say I'm a very logical person. Uh, for most of my lifetime, I was all about math and probability and and programming, right? Mm -hmm. And so going going into the realm of uh, artwork was totally different for me. Um, but yeah, it, it was refreshing. I, I have family members who are uh, professional artists, so I got a lot closer with them uh, hmm. as a result of this. And uh, I learned a lot. And, and I also learned that uh, the logical types, those kind of people, and also the creative types were not so different. Uh, uh, humanity likes to put people in boxes, and mm -hmm. we really are not that different. Uh, yeah. uh, I, I would agree. I actually, I also am a very logical type, like did super well at math and everything. And like, I actually, where my job is now, I work... Um, like we create jewelry for different licenses and stuff. And so like there's this other half of the shop that they're the creatives. They're the ones that can like take that little piece of wax and like turn it into something. And it's just like we work together so well. And I, I think you're absolutely right that like we have more in common than than the world wants us to believe. Yeah. And um, I, I feel like. I, I I still can't really do 2D art, like on a piece of paper, you know? Mm -hmm. I can't draw. Uh, but I understand three dimensions very well from, from my logical side. 
And so I was able to, to understand lighting in a three-dimensional space or simulated 3D space uh, very easily. And sculpting came to me rather quickly. Being an individual that was absolutely obsessed with breasts and, you know, my fetish for 15 years, I've, I've been staring at millions of photos uh, and 3D artwork of boobs. And so when I finally got the chance to sculpt them myself, it, it kind of came naturally because I had been staring at them and obsessing over them for so long, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, but if you ask me to do something like that on a piece of paper, uh, it it would look absolutely comical. <laughs> <laughs> um, so one question, uh, just because I've like, because I only was diagnosed with ADHD like two years ago, and so I've started to learn a lot about like neurodivergent traits and minds and stuff. Um, and and you don't have to answer this, but like one of the things I found out is that a lot of people who have like dyslexia, basically their brains think in uh in a, like a three D plane. Um, so I was just going to ask if you know if you have dyslexia, if if that's kind of how your brain works. Um, I haven't been diagnosed with uh anything like that, mm-hmm. but there have been times where, um. I think I might be having some undiagnosed uh, thing. Uh, like, um, I have an interesting story. I've I've always been really good with numbers, but not in the sense of like comprehension of uh, formulas and whatnot, but just memorizing numbers. Uh, like, I, I could look at a credit card number for just two seconds and memorize it kind of thing. Um, and uh, so that that has that has always made me question like why why can I not understand why a math formula works but I can memorize the the math formula and apply it like a copy and paste but I think <laughs> you know that that comes down to the human race attributing certain qualities of intellect uh, being better than others you know. My 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 memorization is very strong, but my comprehension what has not always been very strong with with math, and so I I was able to get through uh, college and get my master's degree from just pure memorization. I wouldn't be able to tell you why I understand something, though with ten years of doing programming, I I, I can get to that point, but it never starts that way, and so um, yeah, I, I think. There's a chance, you know, maybe, maybe I'm diagnosed with something, but. Well, and and again, you know, like I, that could come down to like putting people in boxes and it's just like brains, brains are just weird, you know, like they're, they're yeah. all going to work different. So, but that is kind of fascinating that like your brain is just like, okay, this is how you do it, but why you do it? Uh, fuck off. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. We had a, um, uh, a pie day, <laughs> uh, thing for, for our, uh, a college campus many years ago and it was 3.14 so March 14th but it was also 15 2015 mm-hmm. and it was like it was called super pi day because we were never going to have 3.1415 again you know it's like the perfect pi day and so uh the college was 
advertising free pizza and and all you can eat and everyone's going to have a good time and we're going to have a contest where uh you know, you, you everyone will be able to participate if they want to to recite as many digits of pi as possible. And if you place in the top three, you know, we'll give you like a free mouse pad and like a coffee mug or whatever, right? And I remember my group of friends. You know, we're all these nerdy gamers at the time, and uh, it's like, hey, you want to go get some free pizza? And I I remember. Like, oh yeah, hell yeah, let's go get some pizza. And on on the five minute drive to the campus, I just looked up on my phone, you know, you know, digits of pi. And I I managed to memorize I think thirty-seven digits of pi on the drive yes. there. And I ended up getting first place, which was very fascinating because I I can't I wouldn't be able to tell you all the digits right now, but my short-term memory w- has always been pretty good with with numbers, and I think that translates over to my my artwork in a lot of ways because I take my programming and create scripts and bat files, and I automate a lot of my work to be more efficient. Um, and so, yeah. But I mean, like I said, my weaknesses span as far as the eyes can see as well. But uh, brains are complicated. I still have the mouse pad, which which um, has a hundred digits of pi written on it. <laughs> that that I got from the prize, and um, they gave me a coffee mug that says "Inspire" on it, and the the pi <laughs> is the symbol for Inspire. It's oh, cute. It's cute. <laughs> so to pull this back to like BE and all that stuff, you mentioned. Uh, towards the beginning of the podcast, that you have got a writer that you're commissioning to help come up with a story you've always had, as well as it sounds like you've got voice actors you at least know offhand. Are there any, uh, like, models or commission people you want to commission that, like, you've, you've just always dreamt of working with? Uh, no, not particularly. Um <sighs> But yeah, this the voice actress that I used uh, came from a sound pack on her Gumroad, so she, I wasn't directly working with her. Uh, though, if things keep going the way that they are, I would like to work personally with a few very famous uh, voice actors, actresses out there. And then, yeah, I, I mean, there's no... Uh, uh, for my work, I don't really need a, you know, a, an actual actress. I just have my 3d characters do they do the stuff but do you you said like you're obviously an artist so you do the model do you work with the models and create your own models and all that stuff do you ever hire out for like the writing of your comics or do you come up with all that on your own as well that's a really good question um i write all of it myself uh and it's it's um got me cross-eyed that i have to (laughs) I have to brainstorm for three stories at a time sometimes. So, but um, <laughs> the reason I was so flamboyant about complimenting my uh, my patrons, my supporters, is because uh, many of them will send me a DM, a direct message, and uh, throw ideas out, and we'll uh, we'll collaborate and talk about like, oh, what if this happened? How cool would that be? And you know. I only recently made it a public uh, channel on my Patreon Discord where 
anyone can share their thoughts and be like, oh, this would be so cool. And um, I've got sticky notes covering my desk right now uh, all on all of my monitors and even on my uh, Windows sticky notes software where I've just got these ideas. Um, I jot it down on my phone whenever I'm walking. And, you know, sometimes a bright idea comes to you at the least convenient moment. And so you gotta, you gotta do something. I've got voice recordings too, when I'm driving. <laughs> uh, Puce, the word you were looking for is outsource. That's the word. Thank you. Yeah. I feel like driving shower and like, right as you're getting ready to fall asleep are like when the best ideas come. Oh yeah. I couldn't agree more. Um, I would say right before I fall asleep is when I get most of my ideas. Um, and yeah, I, I'm actually concluding two stories this month and, um, I've been working on what stories will be replacing them. Hmm. And it has been a lot of fun because for every story that I make, since I'm still so new to this, I, I learn my lesson. Um, for example, my most recent story, uh, Jacob and the Raven's Kiss, it, there's a scene, spoilers, where um, the female protagonist um, gets very sick. And uh, it's a very deep and compelling story, uh, story that uh, uh, references Romeo and Juliet. And there's a lot of... Uh, I try to mix it in between the sexiness so that all the growth sequences and the BE matters. And it's very hard to do that because you you'll have audiences that they're like quit telling me about like what what they're wearing or like what they're talking about i just want to see them fuck you know like <laughs> i have those kind of uh uh fans but i also have people that will reach out to me and and tell me like what was she thinking in this moment and you know what's compelling him to do such and such and so as an artist you have to kind of think about you know, how can you, you balance that out and keep both people happy? Um, but yeah, so I have this female protagonist who falls ill, and I have a couple scenes where she's actually going through chemotherapy. <laughs> and I've learned that it that appeals to no audience. It doesn't appeal to the people that love the story, and it doesn't appeal to the people that want the sexiness, seeing this bald girl suffering. Uh and so I've learned my lesson on there. I think the result is that the most extreme fans that love the lore behind the story and follow every little toenail uh, detail ended up feeling more intimate with my characters because they saw her go through a very hard moment. Um, but ultimately, it wasn't worth including in the story. And so the moral of the story is, Every single time I, I have the opportunity to start a, a new story from scratch, uh, I can build on the lessons that I've learned before and make it better, hopefully. Yeah. Um, are, are, you, uh, are you planning on killing anybody's uh, favorite characters like lots of uh, writers do? <laughs> uh, I have killed characters before. Um, they've been off screen, and it was my first 3D story ever I, I won't spoil who dies uh but yeah it was pretty sad i i noticed that i tend to have a lot of magic involved in my stories 
Um, but that won't always be the case. I, before I did 3D, I wrote a lot of sci-fi stuff too. Um, and I don't want to keep myself bound to that. I've got a lot of 3D assets that are sci-fi-esque that I haven't had the wonderful opportunity of using. So, I, I do think that's really cool where it's just like, you know, like a lot of for, I feel like, and you may know better than I, because um, I have not been involved in a lot of the like larger sex communities or porn communities or anything. But like, I feel like for a long time, because of how taboo it was, it was like, oh, porn is just porn. And like, as it's kind of, as society's kind of getting this point of like, no, it's okay to be sexual. Like, I think that's really cool that it's like, let's have this story with it so we can still get really excited and turned on, but like also have the story that we can care about these characters and like grow with and stuff. I think that's really cool. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you just have a girl getting bustier on the screen, um, that can be hot. But if you've seen it a hundred times, maybe you want something a little extra. You know, is she surprised? Is she happy? Is she angry? Is she shocked? Why is she shocked? You know, is there a some kind of you know, remote controlling it, or is it a pill, or is it, you know, supernatural? And then you can take it even further and add conditions, like, did she do something wrong? You know, is this a punishment? Is this a blessing? Is this, you know, and then you go further back, and then you start building on top of it, and suddenly now you have a character that you understand the entire background for, and then the moment is just that much sweeter. And uh, I think a lot of it, too, might come from this is complete speculation, but like um, from one of the things that I've learned from kind of my doctors and stuff is that like uh, for a lot of women and it's not only women, but like for a lot of women, when it comes to getting turned on, like it's much more mental than it is physical, where for a lot of people who have penises, it's like, oh, no, I can just stroke myself and get off. And so. Like, I know for me, if I'm just watching something and it's just like nothing's really happening and there's no story there, I'm like, okay, yeah, this is hot, but it's not what's going to get me off. It's, I need to have that story with it for my mind to be able to like really grasp on and be like, oh shit, yeah, no, this is hot. Yeah, definitely. And I, I concur with, the, with the, those ideas. I, I do think a lot of it is a physical turn on for, for guys. Um but it's almost like you you want to sweeten or age the wine, you know. You've consumed wine for so long, and so you, you you're searching for something better that you already love, you know, cheese enthusiasts or whatnot, you know. So kind of going back to something you brought up earlier, where you were talking about, like for you, a lot of it is like what caused the breast expansion or like what is you know it's not just happening but like something happened do you have a favorite like thing like injection or lotion or like do you have a favorite reason for breast expansion pills or magic or uh, i i would tell you no but my stories say otherwise because i have a couple consistent themes but yeah so i would say the i i like it if like the partner of the female uh, protagonist is like turned on and because they're turned on the the girl grows and gets sexier bigger boobs and stuff 
it's like the fact that they're turned on makes them more that seems to be a a continuing theme in a few of my stories i'm sorry i've kind of dominated puce <laughs> no that was fine I, w I was hoping i wouldn't be the only one talking and asking questions now we just need alt to ask a bunch of questions i was going to but y'all kept going so Madden, he answered two of my questions without me being well meaning to ask and i was like well all right then i'll just uh be quiet <laughs> sorry if i've been a chatterbox <laughs> oh no it's, it's, this is the whole point of the podcast oh, did you have any other questions Al? so what video games do you play <laughs> do you have time for video games um, that is another question <laughs> yeah i uh right now i'm fairly addicted to lost ark which is a new game that came out for pc oh, oh are you the one player <laughs> <laughs> what's the call it plays what's his name Asmith gold played that one time i think yeah he did yeah um it's a super fun game if, if i'm not careful i can lose too much time to it uh but yeah i i've learned that pulling 15 hour sessions for an entire year is not healthy <laughs> no not so at all. being able to take a breather and spend you know your last two hours of the day or so uh relaxing with a game uh, particularly a social game with friends is really healthy and so uh yeah lost ark is kind of my thing but i've been a pc gamer for many years um the last console i owned was a was a gamecube i know i'm pretty old oh god um, we're all I, old I did get a shut um, your goddamn mouth. I did get a switch, but I, I didn't use it too much. Um, but yeah, I, I grew up with like Mario Kart and uh, Donkey Kong Country on the Super Nintendo and Sonic mm -hmm. and Mega Man and all that stuff. Um, and then when I went to PC, I lost my life because World of Warcraft came out, and I played a ton of. Uh, uh, Starcraft, Warcraft, Diablo, pretty much the golden age of Blizzard Entertainment. Um, yeah, and then I, I got into a lot of action RPGs. Um, I actually, I love Kingdom Hearts. my first job was as a professional gamer for World of Warcraft. Oh, really? In fact, yeah, for, I did it for exactly one year. And then they found out that I was underage and I was not supposed to be working. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, I was like 16 or 17 at the time. I'm not, I'm not going to go there. I got I got questions about that, but I'm not going to go there. I remember what I wanted to ask. Um, yeah. What is a good reference for you? Because I know you said you still you look at a lot. Oh, hello. A lot of titties. But like, what... My brain. How do you come across all of these things? Like, where do you go to look for inspiration and references? Um, a lot of it is just my brain, but I'm, you know, I love looking at the booba. So I've got a, a bunch of communities I manage. I look there. I uh, go to a couple websites and uh, I save thousands and thousands of Im images that I find super hot. And so I've got an archive of things that are on there. But a lot of it just comes from memory or what I know is what would turn me on and as a result, turn other people on. 
So um, I actually just posted my most recent uh, set here. Some of it's up for free, but it's on uh, Patreon. It's in the group chat. Yeah. Those lovely, are some lovely good art. nipples. <laughs> yeah, so there, there's a lot of fun sculpting that's involved there. The uh, I think people uh, don't realize that the, there's a lot of 3D artists who get into the into the hobby and then they will just like find a slider that says like breast size you know and then they just move it to the right and it's like oh look the boobs are big um and like you can you can do that of course but then they look i don't know blocky and there's a lot of issues and i would say one of the most beneficial discoveries for me was a zbrush where you can actually go in there and shape them to look real and have proper drooping and and whatnot you yeah know, even, that, that really adds to it like even the skin texture on like the last one where they're huge like it just it looks real like it it looks fantastic yeah. <laughs> i thought those were real for a hot second <laughs> thank you yeah um so and actually um well all if you had other questions i don't want to cut you off because you haven't talked too much well, I mean, I, I'm in producer mode when we have guests, so I'm just making sure everything flows and audio is good. Oh, no, not, not a cute girl with a, with a big witch hat. Oh, no, my <laughs> one weakness. Yeah, like that legit looks real. As a degenerate, inverted or regular nipples? Yes. <laughs> good answer. Good answer. Good. No one can see me. I don't, that, we don't do video. I forgot. Yeah, you're right. Like that answer. What do you use for uh, post-production? Or is it just straight Maya? Um, oh, no, no. Uh, I wish I could pull up some of my raw renders. They look dark and horrendous. Uh, about 10% of the beauty that you see in these shots are raw. A lot of it comes from using the software for post-working. So uh, I will usually run it through a denoiser. There's an Intel NVIDIA denoiser program. It's literally called Intel NVIDIA denoiser. Um, and it'll get rid of a lot of the grain and messiness in the raw render that often comes out. And then um, I'll run it through a AI program called Luminar AI. Um, it's great for photography, and I found out it's great for renders as well. And it really does a great job of lifting colors, but um, this workflow is always a work in progress. If I find something better, I'll... I'll switch it in for something else. and uh, But yeah, I'll throw it in Luminar, get the colors right. Then I'll throw it in um, Lightroom, which is a, an Adobe software. Mm -hmm. uh, and Lightroom, I will tweak the shadows, blacks, whites, and highlights, clarity, texture, the haziness, um, rim lighting, tinting, color grading, sharpness. I mean, the list goes on. And there's problems that arise with raw renders, like uh, hair that's clipping through the shoulder, or mm. um, maybe the mesh of the character is looking horrendous, and you have to open it up in Photoshop and delete it or add new stuff. Like all the smoke you see in this magical effect uh, for the most recent panel, that's all Photoshop. I got some beautiful smoke brushes, and... Um, with an object selection AI, I'm able to cut her out of the uh, out of the background, 
and have the smoke uh, more realistically wrap behind the subject as a result. Um, and that's from many, many years of doing morphs for fun as a hobby. So before okay. I even started 3D, I, I knew Photoshop because of my morphing passion. I want to be a dick here for a quick second. Pius, did you follow anything he just said? Uh, I caught like every other word. I'm kind of did you know what uh, any of it meant? <laughs> oh, I thought you meant because the pictures. I was distracted by the pictures. But yes, I maybe I went too in detail. Some of the words. No, like, oh, you're good. I'm like, ah, someone who speaks my language because of, not not film school, but media production. Like, ah, I get all of this. And I'm like, I don't think the audience or Pews are following at all. I'm sure I'm they're glad oof. I can be a reference for the audience. I'm sure there are some people in the audience that are like, shit, this is great information. Like, this is really cool. Pews is not That's one That's what I'm hoping. I was curious, because I'm sure it doesn't take the ultra omega like craziest computer to like uh, make this work it does uh, what, what i was of, gonna yeah. say uh, yeah. sorry to say it i was gonna say i know that pe oh would you mind saying what graphics card you have i have the best graphics card on the market at the moment which is an evga rtx 3090 uh, ftw ultra did that cost you like a liver uh, I actually lucked out and I signed up for a queue right when the 3000 series came out. And I was reached out and contacted two weeks after it came out and I paid market price. So it was fine. Um, I'm going to go in my closet and cry now. And then it skyrocketed to five grand at one point. Uh, and I was like, oh, maybe I should get another. And then I looked at that price and I said, nope, I'd rather keep my legs, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I feel You can that. go get one now. Um, yeah. Uh, wait a little bit longer, just a little bit longer, maybe like three more weeks for it to like totally crash out. Yeah, but so to, to answer that, the, the subject, it's essentially you need a killer rig to, oh, to so really get some rig. creative freedom. Um, I know of a few artists that have like excuse my language, but like diarrhea rigs where it's like they barely have uh, a GPU. It's all like integrated oh, graphics. Oh uh, my God. And they what? make Blender stuff with their CPU and they make it work, but uh, it's tough. It's tough. And it's limiting. You When you're, when you're making art, you don't want to be limited. You know, uh, I started the hobby with a GTX 980 Ti and Ooh, okay. then the 3000 series came out and I said okay I'm going to make something around this new GPU um, and I'll be doing the exact same thing when the, when the 4000 series comes out I'll, I'll probably go uh, with two 4090s I, I just I love the fact you were like man fuck this whole generation of uh, GPU I'm going to get the newest best thing i'm like wait a minute that's not how upgrading works <laughs> uh well i mean the passion was strong you know like i saw what yeah, was happening that. and i was like i'm gonna do this you know it's too much fun um S liquid cooling or fans uh, all liquid yeah makes sense i mean i'm a computer science major i'm gonna go all out i know what i'm doing so uh yeah i've got a uh 12 core processor running Ooh. at 4.5 gigahertz uh 
I've got 128 gigabytes of RAM. Understandable. I've, I've got over, I think, 48 terabytes of external hard drive storage. Uh, I've got a lot of external hard drives. I've got backups for my backups, and I've got cloud automate, automated backups. Um, I had a nightmare happen January 1st of this year. I lost oh. uh, an external hard drive. But because I had stuff backed up, I didn't lose my work. Um, uh, and and I, I've since doubled down on it and gotten even more secure. Uh, Fair. But, but yeah, backing up your stuff is super important. Um, yeah. yeah, so I mean, yeah. I, I got a killer rig. <laughs> and it's important to have a really good rig. True. Final technical question, because I, I can hear... Puse's gears just uh, grinding no, to a I halt. like these conversations. I just can't contribute. Uh, what resolution do you output? Do you render at? Uh, I usually render at nine twenty by ten eighty p. So, uh, but I use Gigapixel AI to upscale. Uh, okay, all right. That was my next question. Okay, because I was going to be like, why aren't you doing four K? All all these things sound great for a four K render. And like, that's ah, kind of taxing though, even with super good stuff. Yeah, the, uh, uh, audience. If you even have a dollar, please go donate to this man. He he does God's work. Please. Yeah, if you just Google my name, Beetlebomb, uh, check out some of my free work. It's it's good stuff. It is good stuff. Can verify. Um, so I, I saw in some of the earlier pictures, so you do, um, uh, multiple, like it's, it's not all hetero stuff you do, like you do lesbian stuff too. Uh, I'm pretty sure I have. Yeah, I definitely have. Yeah. Um, the first set you sent was, it was lesbian. Oh, it was. <laughs> it was the oh, yeah, it was. dressing room. You're right. So I guess I do both. I don't think about it, but yes, I do both. <laughs> and I believe okay. you mentioned earlier you've at least done FUDA commissions. I actually recently created a FUDA character for the first time ever. Uh, she hasn't been used in the story yet. Um, oh yeah, that that this was a featured uh, Christmas render that I did uh, that was uh, posted on Slush dot com or slushy dot com that was a lot of fun that was a blender render by the way you can tell how much better the lighting is but yeah on the subject of food uh let me see if i can pull it up so you guys can look at it while i talk about it so yeah i um i actually got quite a negative reaction for introducing this character in in really? the lineups here yeah um and I, and I had a hunch, and my hunch was correct, that you either love Fuda or you don't. There's no yeah, in-between. true, unfortunately. And my supporters were like, oh, Beetle, you know, breast expansion, mini GTS. Yay, 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 giant dick. You know, just <laughs> suddenly giant dick. Um, <laughs> and that threw off a lot of people. Um, I had... Dozens of direct messages saying like, "Hey, if you proceed with this, uh, I won't be supporting you anymore." Wow, really? Um, yeah, that people were very, very opinionated about it. That and is very vehement and direct about it. Ooh. Yeah. So this character, her name is Jasmine. She's uh, of uh, Indian heritage. 
she's dressed in a completely custom-made kind of harem-esque outfit, uh, fully promoting her uh, sexy bulge right there. And she's in the story Haley's Secret with that uh, witch character. And along with it, uh, there's a lot of really cute uh, fantasy uh, characters. Like I, I just finished designing this uh, little fairy girl named Lila. She's well, a cutie you found pie. my weakness. <laughs> so, I mean, the story is built around fantasy, and there's just every kind of, like, creature that you can imagine uh, featured in this fantasy setting. We even have, like, a half-demon girl who runs a company, and it's like a mix mixture of reality and fantasy. Um, and so I wanted to get, like, multi-arm girls and a couple things, but um, I've had to since tone it down. Uh, Jasmine won't be playing as big of a role in the story as initially uh, planned. And uh, that's okay. I think that's totally fine. Uh, my passions for Fuda are not super strong, so it's not a bummer for me. Um, I, I like listening to my audience and getting proper feedback. Makes sense. Now, audience, now you know. He will at least do it. He's not afraid yeah. to give the ladies something to between their legs. I'll definitely do com uh, Fuda commissions, too. Sorry, I'm completely distracted by all these pictures now. I'm, um, I'm extremely impressed by the work you do. Thank you. Maybe we'll do uh, another podcast later down the line, see what updates I have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so with, with you having gone full-time with it, um, like, do you feel yourself ever approaching, like, I'm sure as your own boss, like, there's probably sometimes, but like, do you still enjoy it? Or do you feel like this might be something that maybe one day you'll kind of burn out on? Burnout has been something that everyone has warned me about, about because um, without talking myself up too much, I do have a very serious work ethic. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm half Japanese. And my family has always uh, taught me to be a very hard worker. Um, okay. It's in my, my blood, I feel. And so uh, this, I've been warned by friends and family, like, don't burn out, don't burn out. You know, don't, don't generate this many panels. And because if you do, you're going to burn out. I've never felt it. I've never personally felt the burnout from creating artwork yet. Uh, I've never sat down in front of my computer and thought to myself, man, I wish I could be outside right now, or I wish I could be playing this game right now. It doesn't matter how addicted I am to Lost Ark or whatever other passions I have. This interest of mine truly is something that I love and care about, and I don't see myself burning out on it. As long as piracy doesn't take over, and I still have wonderful supporters out there, then this is what I want to do till my last breath. All right. That's and fantastic. One quick final question before we wrap up and have you plug all your two your questions. Socials. Oh, sure. two questions. You've mentioned your family. <laughs> You've mentioned your family a couple times. Do they know? Like, dirty bitch, like you took my question. <laughs> do you, do they know about this side of the art? Uh, they didn't originally. Uh, as of three or four months ago, they do now, and they could not have been more supportive. 
Damn, I was about to say, you in this. It it was one of the scariest moments <laughs> to uh Was it a willingly like let them know or Yeah, it was willing. Somebody was willing. stumbled upon your work. Like I said, I have a family member who's a professional artist in the entertainment business and uh he uh gave, now gives me pointers and like professional level pointers that I could I, I really benefit from. So and as a result, my relationship has gotten a lot better and closer. That's really cool. Good to know. Yeah. Jealous. So fucking jealous. Um, I, I think you kind of got cut off, but like you were you were saying, like you were really scared. Like, was it pretty much an immediate support or was it like a, hey, I'm going to drop this on you. You guys think about it a little bit and then like, let's talk. If that's I quit not my job. Personal. No, it's OK. I, I can answer this. Uh, OK. I quit my job in May of 2021. And it wasn't until almost a year where my significant other was asking, hey, where's this money coming from? I don't see you programming anymore. And there was a lot of patience and understanding about the ambiguity and not being too direct. And then one day on a particularly clear day where the the mood was right and we were sitting in the, in the living room, the question came up again and I... I I just said it. I felt I felt like it was the right moment cuz sometimes, you know, if you're in a bad mood or upset, uh you can sometimes let that affect people around you. You know, you mm -hmm. you can you can spit it out and I could tell that everyone's mood was was in the right kind of alignment. And so I just let it all out it, slowly, <laughs> but I let it out and uh yeah, it worked out. That's so fantastic. I'm so happy for you, genuinely. Thank you. All right. Happy and before jealous. we say our goodbyes, Beetle, would you like to plug your socials and all that stuff where people can find you? Yeah, of course. Um, so my name is Beetlebomb. I go by that alias online. That's B-E-E-T-L-E-B-O-M-B. -E -E um, my most popular platform is my DeviantArt. Um, so deviantart.com slash Beetlebomb. But I also have a Twitter, which is twitter.com slash realbeetlebomb. Um, and you'll find all my associated link links from either of those platforms. And even if you're not into breast expansion or giantess or anything, go check it out because this work is phenomenal. All right. Thank you, everybody, for coming to the Lusty Lounge. I have been your main host tonight, Puce, with my co-host, Minka. Me. And Alt. Bye. And thank you for coming uh, to the lounge tonight, Beetle. You've been a fantastic guest. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. I had a lot of fun. <laughs>